0: Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox
1: podcast with Tanny and Herb. Tani and Herb. Tani
0: Hello, and welcome
2: back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter at wall 23 Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and our show is at Locked On Sox. If you want to leave us a voice message, 312-566-8727 is the way you can do that, or Go to lockdownsocks at gmail.com to leave us an email. Without any further ado, it is Chris Tannehill. Chris, how is your evening? <laughs>
1: Going just fine, Herbie. There's a lot of action going on here with the White Sox, and we're going to talk about all of it heading into the weekend. Happy Friday, everyone. Congratulations, you made it. And we're brought to you by Spotify Green Room today. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our locked on rooms. All right, so today is the trade deadline, and the Sox have been active so far. Yesterday, making a couple moves. At the time of the taping of this show, it's about 9 o'clock Central time on Thursday night, so that's that's where we are with it, but we have plenty to talk about here, uh, assuming the Sox don't make any further moves, which is always a possibility. But let's just talk about it. They they address two needs. Well, should we talk about that Jim Dandy of a baseball game they played down in Kansas City no. yesterday? Oh, no, God. they didn't care, so I don't
2: care. <laughs> that's true. I mean, I care because it was a shit performance, but yeah. you know, I'm not going to spend some, that much time on it.
1: Yeah, what a... What a... What a trash game! So your your game one starter in a postseason potentially, Carlos Rodon. He's going through a dead arm. Eloy Jimenez uh, aggravated his groin, and they did not provide any further clarity on what's going on there. That that he came out of uh, Thursday or Wednesday night's game, as you guys may remember, we talked about it. And there was no further clarity. He was out of the game yesterday with one of the worst lineups you will ever see uh, in a White Sox game, uh, resting all the stars. And, and you know, who has got a neck thing, so it's it's a real mess right now. But hey, welcome home. Uh, they're coming home to face. I was about to call them the Tribe. I love saying the Tribe. It's a, you know rolls off the tongue. It sounds kind of cool. Uh, um, I think. But they're no longer the Tribe. They are the uh, uh, protectors. What are they? I don't even remember at this point Guardians. anymore. The Guardians. Yes. exactly. Exactly. So the Guardians are coming to the south side, and uh, the Sox will come back to a hero's welcome after that very inspiring road trip. (laughs) Um, So that's what's going on with the Sox uh, in terms of on the field. It was was an ugly one yesterday, but, yeah, it's over with, and no one died, I'll say that, uh, from from, uh, the the, uh, 40-man roster. So uh, let's talk about these trades, Herb. The Sox, they fill a couple of needs. Let's start here at second base. Uh, They acquire Cesar Hernandez from the Cleveland baseball team and uh, Connor Pilkington, the left-handed pitcher at double a Birmingham goes to Cleveland in return. I will never not see Connor Pilkington without thinking about Carl Pilkington, of course, from uh, Ricky Gervais's podcast and also the great short lived television show, an idiot abroad. Uh, Carl Pilkington was Ricky Gervais's radio producer, and uh, he just says dumb things, so he uh, made him a star. And uh, you know that—that's what I always see. That whenever I see uh, Connor Pilkington, uh, I but always think
2: of Buzz Killington.
1: <laughs> the, 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 ah, now that I've got you, uh, let me tell you a story about a bridge. Uh, all right, so let, let's talk about Cesar Hernandez real quick before we talk about the the bullpen edition. So Cesar Hernandez this year. Uh, He's a Gold Glove winner 2020, uh, but this year he's having a little bit of a down year, at least defensively, but the power has picked up a bit. Right now, uh, he's about a one-win player. Uh, He's got 18 homers, which would lead the White Sox. In fact, he does lead the White Sox now that he comes over with all the injuries the Sox have had. He is the White Sox leading home run hitter. So uh, you're going to hear that a ton, okay, because it's not crazy because you think about all the injuries and you're going to hear it a lot over the weekend so get mm-hmm. used to it i hope hopefully you've heard it here first so you won't hate us uh, but he's and he's, hopefully
2: he doesn't stay the white Sox home run leader
1: oh my god um well yeah let's ooh, we should handicap that <laughs> if, if if anyone ever catches him Um uh, yeah that'd, I mean, be, that'd
2: be great that'd be great oh yeah. my goodness <laughs> um, i mean i like somebody was pointing that out to me today and i was like it says a lot more about the White Sox than it says about him. It's a good total, but for your leader to be your second baseman, well, well,
1: well, Escobar would have been the leader by far if he had came here. Oh so, my God, and this guy's yes. this uh, this guy is like, um,
2: Say some I, embarrassment.
1: Yeah, yeah. Cesar Hernandez is not, is is kind of like, he's Eduardo Escobar light. What what is he? Is he you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's like an off-brand Eduardo Escobar. Um, Yeah, um, like the 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 Fago to uh, Eduardo Escobar's RC. (laughs) Um, I I don't know, but he's having you know a decent year offensively. He's only hitting two thirty-one. Uh, but he is getting on base at a 307 clip uh, with the 738 OPS so you know um, power numbers going up but everything else seems to be going down in terms of uh, Cesar Hernandez as a baseball player but I think this is a nice addition he's a switch hitter he can provide a really solid second base provided that he cleans up some of the issues there but we know uh, this is a guy who's been with the the Cleveland team for a a couple years now and we've seen him enough to know that he's a pain in the ass he was with the Phillies before that a uh, highly touted Phillies uh, prospect uh, coming up through the system. So we've seen him enough, and we know he hits good pitching because I remember one of the last memories I have of him is him taking Carlos Rodon deep in a a ball game down in Cleveland. But this is not a super sexy move. It's not Trevor's story. But, Herb, your thoughts on the Cesar Hernandez acquisition.
2: I was like, okay, that is an upgrade, but it's, it's fine. It's a move that I understand why you can make. The guy had just been a gold glover. He's hitting for power this year. He's doing things that you can you can probably bank on for a longer time than what Lurie Garcia and or Danny Mendick can do. So this is a net upgrade. So don't let me take you down too much. Yeah. But, you know, when you send out names and, you know, Bob's doing their work for them, you send out the Trevor Story names. And right after they acquire Cesar Hernandez, of course, Bob's out there tweeting. White Sox tried hard for Trevor Story.
1: Oh, I didn't
0: see that. Oh, oh yeah, you, exactly. oh, you ruined my day. You I was it, you
1: just wanted more. I was you know? large. I was largely off Twitter today and off. Yeah, I didn't listen to a lot of radio. I just I formulated my uh, Cesar Hernandez thoughts here because they are proprietary content and I didn't want to uh, have anyone else influence them. But I, uh, I am so sorry. I missed the Bob Nightingale uh, after the fact cape for the white Sox tweet i i I can tell i can tell you i can go my whole life without ever seeing that so thank you for bringing that to my attention
2: (laughs) sorry about that but like i was like you you show us steak and you could say whatever you want because you could say that cesar has more uh production than trevor story but i think trevor story is a little steak and then you go down and give us a hamburger a well-done hamburger Pretty good. I'm going to enjoy the meal, but wait, wait. a well-done well, expected...
1: well hamburger, meaning the no, way it's not, cooked, oh, or, uh, it's, uh, or it's, or uh, it's, yeah, or a, a, yes,
2: a hamburger done <laughs> properly. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not that way. Guys. Analogy, God. <laughs> I remember I went to Gibson's with the North. Uh, oh no, and phone at the time, and I ordered my steak well done. I've oh. you know, never really been to a steakhouse. Uh, yeah. And. Don't get that kid didn't <laughs> get you yesterday's meat, and it's gonna be the crappiest cut ever. Get your steak at at worst medium, and so that was my first like jaunt into the Medium, and I was always scared of like the blood, but I know it's not. Yeah, James is that what they do
1: when you order it well done? They give you an old one. Is that it, like
2: I'm apparently North? He scared the fuck out of me. He's like, they're gonna give you an old one. It's gonna be all crusty and not juicy.
1: Well, I, yeah, I would never worry about it because I would never order it well done. But I'm just wondering if that's common practice in the restaurant industry. That's that's fascinating. I, it sure. makes sense. I'm, if I'm cooking the steak, I'm like, oh, you want it well done here? I'll, I'll, you know, I'm
2: not gonna waste my good premium stuff. On yeah, me.
1: it makes sense, I guess. But that's a way to learn, right there. You always have that story. You know, with, 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 pa- with Pappy and Big Doug. That's great. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I didn't know Doug had like a piece of that. He owned some of the oh, uh, yeah. Gibson's there. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doug's, Doug's a genius. But yeah. we're off track. I'm sorry. Yes. Cesar Hernandez is just fine for to end a long story.
1: Yeah. You know, a couple more things here about uh, Hernandez. You know, I always worry when Cleveland is, is poaching your, your pitching prospects. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's inevitable. I, I do find it odd that they. I don't know if they're they're 100 tapping out of this division at this point. It, it's pretty evident that they don't believe they're going to get Bieber and Savali back in anytime soon, and they think the White Sox are going to run away with it, evidently. Or either that, or just they were looking to unload this expiring contract, and they don't really care one way or another. They've got a couple infield prospects that they're at their at the top of their prospects list, so I don't know if that uh, you know it came uh, was a part of this factor when they, when they traded away Hernandez, but. I always worry when Cleveland is taking a look at your pitching prospects. Uh, we see what they can do with right-handers. Imagine what they can do with, with a solid left-hander in uh, Pilkington, but we won't have to worry about that for at least a, a couple years here. But this is just not something a contending team would do uh, to, to trade within the division. Did you find that part of this very odd? And how do you see, you, do you think Cleveland believes that they're done? I know uh, Terry Francona announced yesterday that he is stepping away for the rest of the season, so I don't know if all these things together are, is basically them just, you know, you you know, packing up here. I, I don't know what. What did you make of the interdivisional trade, which you don't see that often?
2: I think Cleveland thinks that you know there are they're within striking distance, but also it's not that close where you're going to mortgage the future to go and chase a pipe dream, especially with the White Sox acquiring. Aloy Jimenez and Luis Robert for the stretch run, and also uh, Yasmani Grandal. So in their heart of hearts, they know it's over. But, you know, they have games versus the White Sox this weekend, of course. Where if they and get
1: swept, a- this would be five-game lead. they got an eight-game exactly. lead now. like it, That's striking distance right there, and the Sox are not playing good ball. Like, we'll talk about the pitching matchups later, but they've got a TBD. Going on Sunday, you know, this is not a given here. I don't feel comfortable at all. And you know, TBD, uh, you can worst pitcher in baseball, worst pitcher in baseball. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I worry about that. <laughs> like it, it was an, it was odd timing right here. You think, you know, they can't wait through the weekend because of the deadline, but yeah, I thought it was uh odd,
2: yeah. And so there's yeah, they win this series, the White Sox continue to struggle. Maybe you could see it where they're trading for somebody. I don't know, actually, the deadline's tomorrow or to later on today, so they can't, but. If they strike gold and they compete with the White Sox going down the stretch, I think they found that's like fool's gold. Yeah. They know that their team is not ready, especially offensively, to compete in the in the playoffs. But, you know, go and get a guy. Like you said, you feel very weird about them poaching a pitcher because they might see something in him, put him in their pitch lab, and he becomes the next Aaron Savale or somebody uh, or Shane Bieber. These guys. I don't know. The guy looked good down there in double A, so I'm not going to regret it no matter what, because there was really nobody on the stoop and saying, hey, Connor Pilkington's going to be this, that and the other. If he turns into that, God bless. But there's no one like really pissed about this. And just like there was no one really pissed about the Eduardo Escobar for Francisco Leriano.
1: Yeah, I should note that, you know, they have a club option for Hernandez next season, too. So, you know, he provides depth this year. Um, He allows Leary Garcia not to play so often. And Leary, I love him, man. He does what you ask him. And, you know, he's had a few big hits this season. And, you know, he actually had a pretty good month last month. But, you know, it allows him to not play so often and to be used and deployed the way a guy like Leary Garcia should be deployed, which is not often. Uh, you, You put him in on a Sunday lineup, couple times a week to give guys a breather and the, that's the good thing too is now you can lock in Hernandez who plays a ton uh he, he plays pretty much every day at second base this guy's a gamer so you can lock him in there and then you can spread Leuri around a bit he I, I love Leuri the way he plays third base he did make a couple of nice plays yesterday and he's done that all season when he's been at third base so you can you know spread him around the diamond and get guys a day off uh Sporadically, So I, I like that about this move because it frees up uh, Leary to be used in, in those ways because Leary does do uh, several things for you. So I like that part of it. And also, folks, just, just remember here, um, just because Cesar Hernandez is not Trevor Story doesn't mean he sucks. It doesn't mean that the White Sox were, were being cheap or not aggressive enough. You know, we'll, we'll find out in due time what happened with these deals that never happened. We found out eventually what happened with the Escobar thing. That just sounds like it was bad timing. And, you know, I, I don't know who decides to move on from from discussions like that when you have two guys that are hurt uh, going in a trade and then the teams maybe just walk away at that point. It's like, you know what, it's not lining up right now. We'll find out what happened with Story, I suppose, later on. You know, but just because he's not one of those guys doesn't mean that he can't work. Uh, and it doesn't mean that he sucks. So I, I like him as a player. It's not a move that's going to wow you by any stretch. And I think when I first heard the news, I was a little bit, oh, that, that's it. You know, there was familiarity there. F- familiarity. Familiarity. I, I can't say it even the third time, so I keep trying. Uh, you know, that, you, we've seen him before, so I, I, I know what you're getting here with Cesar Hernandez. So there was a little bit of uh, comfort there knowing, okay, this is not a guy that I have to really look up. You know, I, this I did check out the peripherals uh, on the, on Cesar Hernandez, and you know, it, it pretty much tells you everything you need to know. Like the guy's you know, still he's an elite runner. He's got great speed, so you can deploy him in, in those ways. Tony can do a little hit and run with the guy, and you know, you can you know do things of that nature. So you know, you, you know that. But when I first heard the move, I was a little bit underwhelmed like after the whole buildup of everything and the, and the Trevor story talks, and you thought maybe this would be the year that Rickon strikes and, and acts out of character, but this is a sensible move and they did not give up a lot to get him. So I think that's the best part of this is that, and it gives you flexibility for next season as well. A depth piece once magical comes back. So it's, it's not a move uh, that, that I hate whatsoever. And, you know, just because he's not Trevor story doesn't mean that he can't play a pivotal role Uh, on the 2021 White Sox team here. And uh, we'll we'll talk about that and the scope of what all the other teams around baseball are doing in that arms race in the National League West. We'll we'll get to that in a second here. But uh, uh, closing the book here, I like the move. Can't hurt. Will probably help. So that's how I feel about Cesar Hernandez uh, the rest of the year. We'll take a quick timeout and talk about the right-handed pitcher, Ryan Tapera. A crosstown trade happening with the Cubs. We'll talk about that next here on Locked On White Sox. This episode of Locked On White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. You got to sign up for the email and text alerts with Built Bar like I did because then you won't miss out on limited flavors like what they have right now. Grasshopper. Cookie. It's Built Bar's version of the classic thin mint cookie that you guys all know and love. All the flavor without that sugar, just 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and just five grams of sugar. I'm down 24 pounds now thanks to Built Bar. Been getting those bad sweet treats out of my life, replacing them with Built Bars, and it's worked great. As a matter of fact, I just got my shipment in of my new favorite flavor, German chocolate they are outstanding they're 180 calories 17 grams of protein only five grams of sugar and just four grams of net carbs and i only got them because i signed up for their email and text alert so as soon as my favorite flavor was back in stock and that's the thing about a lot of these flavors they sell out quickly i was able to get in there and get my box of 18 before i go on vacation so now i won't be without them even on vacation and there's flavors for everyone at buildbar.com coconut cherry barcia raspberry mint brownie double chocolate salted caramel strawberry Orange, cookies, and cream. There's so many different flavors, an endless variety of flavors, depending on what your tastes are. So order today. Get the grasshopper cookie or even raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Isn't that cool? Go to built.com and use our promo code LOCKED15. That's going to get you 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. The second of two trades that Rick Hahn made on Thursday, with hopefully at least one more to come, and we'll, we'll, I'll get your thoughts on that at the end of the show here. Her, but Ryan Tapera comes over from the Cubs, and Tapera, if you guys haven't been familiar with watching the Cubs a ton this year, when the Cubs were doing well, when when they were a first place team, uh, the, the first you know three quarters of the first half of the season. You know, he was a pivotal role in, in that bullpen of theirs. So, you know, the, the combined no-hitter out in L.A., which is, ironically, that was the beginning of, of their ending there for the Cubs. But Ryan Tepera was largely used as, as one of the setup guys for Craig Kimbrell, and he did a phenomenal job. You take a look at the numbers on Ryan Tepera for 2021. He's also a one-win player, uh, 0-2, but he's got a 2.91 9 earn-run average uh, in 43 innings pitched with a whip of 0.785 so he does have one save on the year so if that ever comes up where Hendricks is a can't go or like we said yesterday Herb if you remember what about the guy who has to come in and, and, and clean up things like in an odd extra inning game or if you use Hendricks you know earlier on in a game for a higher leverage spot you need someone who can come out and lock it down at the end of that after after that so you know Tepera has saved a game in 2021 uh, but this is a guy that was a really good pitcher for the Cubs this season so far. And I think this is a really good fit. We talked about it earlier in the week. So your thoughts, Herb, on the Ryan Tepera trade. I should say who the, the Sox gave up for him, of course. Uh, that's uh, critical here. The Sox give up left-handed pitcher Bailey Horn, who was their You fi- said
2: that wrong. It's Burley Horn. Burley. <laughs> Bailey.
1: Bailey. That's Bailey. what uh, Juan Uribe, by the way. Juan Uribe. That's what he used to call Mark Burley. He used to call him Bailey. So whenever you hear us say Bailey, 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 I kill you. He's the uh, fifth fifth round pick of 2020 in last year's draft uh, out of Auburn, and uh, another left handed pitcher. Herb, so what do you make of this move here to solidify the uh, right handed spot in the bullpen to set up uh, Liam Hendricks?
2: I am very in favor of this. Ryan Tapera's had, if you guys don't know, a tumultuous career where a couple times he's been designated for assignment. He has a very similar story as does liam hendrix but not at the popularity and of the money of liam hendrix is now but <laughs> their teammates in 2015 along with mark burley and toronto and subsequently has been dfa'd by so many clubs he got dfa'd by the cubs a couple times last year if you guys remember the funny thing is rick hummel who is uh, down there and meant to vote for trey turner for MVP, but he clicked the wrong name and on the drop-down box, he voted for Ryan Tapera, who finished 18th place, tied for 18th place in National League Most Valuable Player. It's done. He's, he's, he's an MVP voter, or he got a vote for MVP last year, mistakenly. And he got DFA'd by the Cubs right after that or non-tendered by the Cubs, signed again this year, and he was part of a three-headed monster, him, Andrew Chafin, and of course, uh, Craig Kimbrell, who's doing well. They were at a time where the best three-man uh, bullpen pieces in the league, bar none. They were just shutting people down. So he's come back to earth a little bit since then, but he was the NL Pitcher of the Month the same month that Liam Hendricks was this year, was the AL uh, R- Reliever of the Month. So this guy has real good stuff. I'm very, very happy the White Sox got him, and of course he was part of that no-hitter they threw in Los Angeles and ever since then it's been whew, friends tough
1: yeah and uh, again it's not a sexy name but it's one that was pretty obvious to, to connect the dots on and it's a guy who's been very effective this year and with the volatility of bullpens like sometimes you rather go with just the, just look at the numbers you could just take a bunch of bullpen guys don't even put their names on the list just show me their numbers this season and, and I'll show you who the, the guy is who I want to get because they're so volatile year in and year out but if you look at uh Ryan Tapera's uh, advanced metrics here, you know, a lot of deep reds and a lot of reds, which is good. If you're, if you're looking at this stuff, you know, he, uh, in terms of chase rate, he's in the 86th percentile, uh, strikeout percentage, 84th percentile expected batting average, 97th percentile Whiff percentage, 93rd percentile expected earn run average, 92nd percentile uh, expected slugging, 94th percentile expected weighted on base average, 92nd percentile. So, this guy is a guy that's getting the job done this year and, you know, get to know him a little bit here. Uh, he, he has a quite a diverse arsenal of pitches, but largely gets it done with heavy slider usage. Uh, so, you know, uh, he does that uh, about 45 percent of the time. And then he mixes in the four seam fastball, a sinker. He's got a change up. Um, And a a curveball, which he has, it could be also misidentified here. Uh, It says he's he's thrown a curveball five different times this season, but who knows, it could have registered uh, as that and could have been another pitch, but largely slider, four-seam fastball, and sinker. So he's going to strike you out, he's going to dot corners. And he's likely going to induce a lot of weak contact, which I think that's a really good thing. Uh, but I, one thing I do think about is, you know, got to tighten up that defense though behind him even when you're talking about a guy like this, I think. So this is a really solid move. And, you know, there was a lot of good stuff coming out of the uh, clubhouse after that Cubs game, um, you know, before they announced the Anthony Rizzo trade. But here's what David Ross said about Ryan Tepera and what he meant to that bullpen this season. Tep is someone that uh, came in here last
0: year uh, in my first season and, um really made an impact um you, you you know that's why you get traded is because you're you're doing a really good job we brought him back here uh because he did a nice job for us and, and even built on that so um a guy that that handles the situation really well we brought him to brought him into some really tough situations this year that he pitched out of uh, became a guy that we leaned on um for a lot of big outs and, and he gave us those i'm i'm uh, it's sad to see him go, but I'm 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 happy he's going to get a chance of, to pitch in the playoffs.
1: And there was a really interesting story where Ryan Tapera was mentioning how before the 2020 season, um, he told David Ross, you know, I, I may be gone now, but I am going to be one of your setup guys uh and he ends up getting back in that role and that was a really cool story but here is uh, ryan tapera talking about how he found out he was a part of one of these rare crosstown trades when did he find out and who told him
0: actually found out in the lunchroom jed walked in and told me uh man to man said hey you know uh the, the deal's done you know so uh you're heading across town and you know and then it was it was there from there so uh i'm excited man it's uh kind of a unique thing for uh you know, a trade to happen between the crosstown rivals and uh, I'm excited, you know, obviously going to a first place team and, you know, playoff contention. I'm looking forward to it.
1: How easy to be traded in, in a city where you don't have to move.
0: Yeah, exactly. I've been telling everybody that it's uh, pretty simple and easy. You know, I can stay at the same apartment and uh, uh, I usually scooter to the field, but now I got to drive to the field. So it's only about 15, 20 more minutes longer, but you know, it's, it could be a lot worse. So uh, I I like it. I'm, I'm excited.
2: Other than pitching against the White Sox, what do you know much about uh, their team? Have you, you, do you have time to even pay attention to the other league and and what's going on?
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, I've played in the American league before. um, So I'm familiar with it. The DH changes the game a lot. Uh, You know, the White Sox are obviously a very good team. Looking forward to playing with them. Uh, you know, had a couple guys. Uh, actually, Liam Hendricks reached out me t- to me today, uh, texted me, and said, "Hey, excited to have you." And you know, he talked about how much fun they have over there. And uh, so, you know, good things are going to happen.
1: Yeah, you and Hendricks were like pals coming up in the with the Blue Jays, right?
0: Yeah, we played in Buffalo together in Triple A, and then uh, you know, in the big leagues in Toronto, he was there for uh, I think two seasons in the bullpen. So, uh, you know, I've known him you know way back. So. Good to, good, to have, good to have a familiar face, I guess.
1: So we'll hear what kind of ribbing uh, Ryan Tepera gets in that Sox clubhouse there. Um, you know, where Liam Hendricks famously says that they, that's the first thing that they do to, to someone who comes in is they just rip them to shreds and roast on them and, you know, play the dozens on them. So it'll be fun to hear what happens uh, on his first day uh, on the south side there. But, yeah, man, this is a, a really interesting move by Rick Hahn, and it's a necessary one because now – you know, it's funny. Her, you know, the, before the season, Aaron Bummer, they want to go ninety and zero, and they want to preserve every single lead and this and that. And we thought the White Sox were going to have one of the best bullpens in baseball, but the volatil- volatility of bullpens does it again. And you know, you, you think you have known commodities down there until you roll the ball out there, then you figure out that baseball has other plans for you. So this is huge because now you're not. Uh, expecting or hoping the starting pitcher to go seven innings and then Kopech goes one and then Hendricks goes one—that's that's not a recipe for success. So now you have a little bit more wiggle room, you know. Hopefully, Aaron Bummer gets going as well. But yeah, now you have uh, another solid option there, another bridge guy. Because this Kopech thing, you're still trying to figure it out day in and day out how he feels going back to back. But what about when he goes three or four? You know, like so there are a lot of things they still have to figure out. So you have a guy who's experienced. He's 33 years old. So, yeah, this, this is a big move. Um, yeah, so I, I really dig it. So uh, we'll take a quick time out. unless you have any more lasting thoughts on Ryan Tapera here. I want to ask you on the other side, though, if you think the Sox are done before we preview the Cleveland series. But anything else on Ryan Tapera before we get out of here?
2: Not at all. I mean, it's a solid pickup. It was probably the things that I asked for. We got a second
1: baseman, got a reliever. Exactly. All right, we'll be back next here on Locked On White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Money lines every night, over-unders. It's all there for you if you enjoy betting on baseball at Bet Online. They've got all the other sports too: NBA finals coming to a close, football futures, golf. I've talked to you about some of the crazy fun prop bets they have going on at Bet Online. Got some new ones here. Just added. Aside from the alien abduction props, which I always enjoy, they have who will Bill Gates date next? What about Jeff Bezos? Who will marry first? Bezos or Gates? You can place a bet on that. Before the next pitch, head to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the game as teams prep for their runs to the postseason. Head to the website and use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Cleveland's coming to town for a three-game set. The pitching matchups are as follows for Sox and Guardians. Guardians. I almost said defenders. Um, it's, it's so weird still. Um, in, in the opener, the lid lifter, Lance Lynn. You call
2: Lindians forever.
1: Yeah, it's true. Yeah, <laughs> the Lindians. Uh, Lance Lynn uh, is going on Friday night versus J.C. Mejia. J.C. Mejia is 1-6 with a 7-5-2. So if you can't come back and get right off JC Mejia, I don't know what we're doing. Uh, Saturday, Tristan McKenzie, one and four with a five-six one against Dallas Keuchel, seven and four with a four-three-two. And uh, Sunday, it's TBD for the Sox versus Cal Quantrill. This could be a, a tough one here. Uh 2-2 two two with a 3-6-6 six, six earn-run average. So I don't think anyone's coming back on short rest here. They're trying to get some of the guys in the rotation a little bit of rest, so that's why you have the TBD. So we'll see who they go with there if they if they call someone up if maybe they bullpen it you know maybe Raylo gets out there maybe Kopech gets out there depending on how the first two games of the series go so that that should be interesting but the trade deadline is today and this is our last chance to convene before the the, the smoke clears and you know I know everyone's freaking out about what the the Dodgers and Padres are are doing but let me a little spoiler alert here for you Sox fans if the Sox are lucky enough to make it to the World Series. Uh, they only have to face one team from the National League, not and both of them. Not both of them, and there's no guarantee that it's going to be one of those teams. It doesn't, you don't automatically get to punch your ticket. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a byproduct of the competitiveness of that division, which you know it's great when when it raises all boats, but that's not the case for the White Sox division. And you know, I, I do kind of wish the Sox were in a position where they were. Going up against a team like that, that was super aggressive and, and spending a lot of resources, you know, because, uh, you know, steel sharpens steel, right? So you, you wish that was the case. And I, and I worry about the Sox getting fat and getting lazy and, you know, having a, a clincher, you know, like very early in September. And then they just kind of play out the string and, you know, and, and some team who comes in and has to scratch and claw just to get in the postseason comes out and takes them out. That's what I worry about. But that's not the case here for the White Sox. So, you know, this is baseball for. Funny things can happen, uh, you know, but give me a chance against anyone if you're in the World Series, and I, and I won't be crying if it's any of these two teams, the Padres or Dodgers. So uh, that, that, be,
2: that'll be lovely. Yeah,
1: that'll exactly. Be- if you, if you, yeah, you punch that ticket, I'll play whoever's on the schedule, to be honest Damn with right. you. And, yeah, and that, if we
2: lose, you yeah. it's 4 0 sweep, I wouldn't like it, but I'll sub like we're in the goddamn World
1: Series. <laughs> exactly, friend. So do you think the Sox are done? Is Rick Hahn done? I, I saw some rumors on Twitter yesterday uh, about the Sox maybe trying to go after another left-handed pitcher um but i, I haven't seen anything materialize out of that but uh, what do you think rick Hahn's done for uh, the for the weekend here
2: i do think he's done um i don't think he's gonna pull off any other trades um i i not from a lack of trying and don't let me uh think you, that i'm saying that i just think that they're tight on prospects Uh, I think uh, one of our guys told us, that you know, they don't have the prospects to deal with uh, these bigger acquisitions. So other teams like the Padres tried to get Max Scherzer that failed. The Dodgers also have enough uh, prospects they're hugging on to or people at the major league level that they can give the Washington Nationals. The White Sox are not at that level. So I think for not for a lack of trying, they'll be done.
1: Yeah, I think when Rick Hahn speaks, assuming he's going to speak before the homestand tonight, I think he will talk about how there were things that were uh, on the table at the zero hour and they just never materialized for whatever reason. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think they're done, but they don't want to be done. You know, sometimes it does take two to, uh, to tango here in this situation. and You need all parties to uh, want to commit to a deal before making one. So I'm sure if Rick Hahn had his druthers, he would go out there and just make a left-handed pitcher appear in that bullpen, but sometimes it doesn't work that way. So I think they're done, uh, but I think, you know, you can say, you know, they, they filled two needs, and I wish they would have had an upgrade uh, at right field you know i know it seems like you've got a lot of guys forcing their way and you have a lot of good problems in this nad and you got gavin sheets and all that but i wish they would have uh, been early to the party on uh, on starling Marte. i'm not i'm not gonna stop <laughs> beating that drum even though it's already done and there's nothing we could do about it but yeah i think you got to be happy that they filled two needs so and fit is also important you know you never know how guys are gonna fit in that clubhouse so uh that's all i got i'm going up to lake geneva this weekend with the wife we're finally gonna have a, a little uh, you know couple's time up there and it's our first time since our, our child was born and she's seven years old wow. so you got to tre- cherish these times herb Doing you, and, you and courtney when you guys get it get a chance to get away because life can get, get pretty crazy on you before you know it so uh we're gonna we're gonna hang out and uh have, have some have a go to a supper club you know have some uh, old fashioned so that, that should be fun but uh Hopefully Rickon does make another move, but uh, we'll recap it all on Monday. Recap the Cleveland series, hopefully recap another big trade, and just uh, take a look at this team. Uh, you know, I, I consider this almost uh, the real second half because Luis Robert hopefully will be clear to come back by Monday, and things will be a little bit more clear. We'll have some more clarity on the Eloy injury and, and things like that, so we can really take a look at this team in the final 60 games or what have you and, uh, and know what we're working with here. So that's all I got, Herb.
2: Enjoy yourself and don't worry out there. If the White Sox do make a trade, I will come on either myself, <laughs> Sean Anderson, Mike Rankin, one of the guys, and just talk about it. Ooh, myself. free show! So
1: a free show. Let's yeah, go. So don't even worry
2: about it. If we get a trade, I'll be on the microphone on Friday night. Probably uh, <laughs> I'll drop one right after I get home from work. So probably like nine, ten o'clock. So if there's a trade, hopefully they don't make a trade. So I have to work.
1: <laughs> um, are you going to the ballpark this weekend? We are
2: not going to the ballpark this weekend. We are hmm. doing nothing.
1: We're going on
2: Tuesday. I think me, Lawrence, uh, Rick Camp, Tony Gill. Okay. Thanks for the invite. I mean, it was <laughs> Lawrence's thing, yeah. and you got to work that day. I um, I do. Don't you? I don't know. It's <laughs> Oh, no. It's at night game. Damn it. I thought it was a day game. Um, No, I, oh, I don't sure know. Man. It sure wasn't man. my
1: team. Yeah, cool man. man. Um, yeah, I, I, I used to produce Lawrence. out, man. I used to produce Lawrence's show. Um, all right, cool man. Uh, yeah, have fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> we'll talk to you guys on, <laughs> on Monday. And uh, I hope you do have to work. I hope that that Rickon makes another move and uh, and her. Please. Yeah, exactly. I know. I know. I'm not you,
2: doing it for a little guy, guys. It's got to be somebody. <laughs> like like, like oh, what, what a
1: height? You have height, a height requirement for the incoming uh, acquisition.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're getting somebody that's just like a another lyric. Garcia. I'm not doing it.
1: <laughs> All right, fair it's enough. Gotta be a starter. Fair enough. So we'll we'll talk to you guys on Monday. Hey, let's get some emails. I want to know what Kimbrough. you got.
2: You, could, you can make me do it for Craig Kimbrell.
1: Yeah, Craig Kimbrell so far not uh, not anywhere yet. Uh, he's still a Chicago Cubs. So um, yeah, let us know. It's just very
2: sad. Like you make those people go to Washington D.C. and then trade them away the next day. Yeah. So oh well. I, mean, I know Anthony stayed, but you know if Chris gets traded tomorrow, I'd be like yeah, yeah. Here, DC, here goes something else that'll be great I'll i'd definitely do a show for chris bryant it would be a thousand hours long
1: well here's the thing real quick here because we follow those guys closely you know they they traded anthony rizzo away to the yankees and they really did these guys raw daddy there in their final game knowing that anthony rizzo had a, a deal on the table to send him elsewhere and he doesn't grab a bat in that final inning and chris bryant you guys, that's the the video that everyone saw. Chris Bryant was literally on deck behind Jason Hayward, I believe, or he's in the hole, and he does not get a, a plate appearance at Wrigley there. So I, I would think, I was going to say, oh, maybe they're not going to trade Chris Bryant after that because that's that's you know doing someone dirty. But after trading Rizzo, you would think that everyone's going to go, right? Like that would yeah. be a fair assumption. If one oh, goes, yeah. then they're all going to go.
2: Oh, yeah, there's really, really weird if having Chris Bryant here for the rest of the year, you know, he's not coming. You know, he's not coming back. Just like playing off the string. That'll be odd. Yeah, you- I mean, Craig Kimbrell for a less to a lesser extent. No, if you keep him because you want to move to the future with him. But, yeah. If they could, they no, could keep
1: Kimbrel. Like, if they think they're going to compete next year, they could keep him. Exactly like, uh, That would be, yeah. I mean, but, you know.
2: I mean, and I think, you know, trading in the offseason, they don't have any urgency to trade Kimbrel. I think he signed for another year after this one. Yeah,
1: the, the option's vested, I believe, uh, you know, with with the save appearances. So, yeah, they, they could do that.
2: And so, yeah, Chris Bryant being on the team for the last two months would be just odd. I I mean, It'd they could cruel. do dirty and just, like, uh, I don't know. I know you don't have the waiver deals anymore, but. Can you still trade after this? And then the, the guy can't go to the playoffs with the team. That will be, that'd be the, so, so much the Cubs thing. I remember back in the old days when we were kids, you could trade a guy in like September and he just didn't get to play in the playoffs. Yeah. I forgot yeah. Who, it was recently that happened where uh, they trade a pretty good guy and then he didn't get to play in the playoffs. It was weird.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how, how it plays out. Hopefully, recon is now done. LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Hit up the voicemail, 312-566-8727. That's 312-566-8727.
2: That's Chris Tannehill. My name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for joining us on Locked On Socks.